Good morning. It's been a while since I've preached and presided, so I'm a little rusty, and I hope you will bear with me. Let mutual love continue, and do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. These words from the Epistle to the Hebrews refer to one of the central storylines in the Hebrew Bible, the story of Abraham and Sarah. And the lines refer specifically to their welcoming three strangers, feeding them, providing them with whatever they need. And these three strangers turn out to be angels, that is, messengers sent directly by God a very particular purpose. Now, in this story, God has already promised Abraham and Sarah that their offspring will be as numerous as the stars in heaven or the sand on the earth. As part of fulfilling the promise, God has sent Abraham and Sarah and their household and cattle away from their home and into a new land, strange land, where they are strangers. And it is here to strangers in a strange land that these three messengers come. Now, Abraham and Sarah can have no idea at this point who these strangers are. They're simply approaching them from out of the distance and coming toward them. And Abraham and Sarah are themselves strangers. So they're on unfamiliar ground such that they can't be sure they know what is going on. They're vulnerable themselves, at risk from others. And now here come these three. What is it that they want? What do they intend? What will they do? Abraham and Sarah simply don't know. So how are they to respond? They could muster their defenses and prepare to be attacked, or they could hide or run away. Any of those would be reasonable and understandable responses to the kind of situation that they're in. But what they do instead is welcome the strangers, make them comfortable, give them food and drink, and keep them company. That is, they offer hospitality. And it turns out then that who these strangers are is in fact angels, messengers who bless Abraham and Sarah and tell them how God is going to fulfill that promise of offspring without number. Now, particularly the more familiar we are with this story, it's easy to overlook how important this story actually is, but it helps to look at what happens next. The strangers go on to Sodom and Gomorrah, where the response is exactly the opposite, not hospitality, but the active threat of violence. So the desire, the willingness to turn the strangers over to the mob who will do whatever they want to them. Violent assault, rape, even murder. And that is what brings about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
the great sin of inhospitality, of brutality rather than welcome, regardless of whom the strangers may be, the sin of assuming the worst rather than venturing the best, or refusing hospitality and intending violence and destruction instead. But Abraham and Sarah have offered hospitality. They've acted in ways that show they are not afraid of the strangers, but rather welcome them, regardless of who they are or what they might intend. Abraham and Sarah, vulnerable themselves, see the strangers as also vulnerable, and they welcome them. Now, today's gospel is also about hospitality, but from a slightly different angle. It sounds like it's a gospel about etiquette, but what Jesus does is tell his hearers how they ought to approach others as if they were all either hosts or guests at a banquet, a great feast. Don't take the highest seat, Jesus says, no matter how significant you may be in your own eyes or the eyes of others. Take the lowest seat. Leave the highest for the stranger, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. That is, the ones who are not throwing banquets. If you're the host, invite everybody, not just your friends or those with influence. And in a variant on this gospel, go out even into the road and invite whomever you may run across. Don't just welcome the stranger, but actively seek them out and offer hospitality because the stranger is always, in some sense, a messenger from God. And that, of course, is true of Jesus himself, a stranger when we look and hear openly and carefully. For Jesus is God among us, really, truly, and fully God, right here. But looking and living like some ordinary peasant or someone we've been around all our lives, Yet Jesus is still always a stranger. And it is only as we offer hospitality, as we welcome, that we may see in the other, not a stranger, but an angel, a messenger from God, even God's own self. In offering hospitality, we open ourselves to seeing Jesus in the most unlikely of people and the most unlikely of places. I suspect, though, that we are more familiar with thinking about what it means to love our neighbors than we are about welcoming strangers. And of course, that's understandable and right. There's a great deal about love of neighbor in scripture and in our liturgy. Love of neighbor is profoundly associated with love of God, the two great commandments. The Epistle of James says straightforwardly that we cannot say we love God unless we love our neighbor. And we, as the people of God, as individuals, as the church, always need to ponder that. Who is our neighbor? Who are those nearest to us? And in what sense? And what does love mean anyway? In our culture, very often it turns out that the most evidently nearest to us 
are people a lot like us, our towns and cities, our neighborhoods, systematically tend toward the homogeneous. And so it's relatively easy to presume that we know certain things about folks by looking at them, by looking at where they live or where they go to school or what they do. And that being the case, it's also relatively easy to figure that we know a fair amount about what their concerns are, their needs and desires, their intentions, and so on. And then we know how to respond. So the notion of the stranger is an important corrective. The stranger is our neighbor, of course, but first and foremost, the stranger is not us, other to us, irreducibly different and unknowable except insofar as the stranger makes herself known. So it's up to us to make the space where even those most familiar to us can make themselves more fully known. It's up to us to make a hospitable space, an open and welcoming and safe space. But the stranger ahead of ourselves and our own desires and needs and expectations. So after urging continuing mutual love and hospitality to strangers, the epistle to the Hebrews goes on to say, remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Remember those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. That is, rather than assuming that the other is like us, let us put ourselves in their place. Let's learn from them what it is that they need, what they desire, what they will find genuinely hospitable, whether or not we understand it. And to do that, we have to set aside a good bit of what we're familiar with. And attending carefully to the other, putting ourselves to the side, listening, not assuming, makes us vulnerable too. So it's risky, and sometimes it's scary. And in any event, it's always challenging to act as if we don't know everything there is to know or do everything that is good to do. But the outcome we long for, entertaining angels. We're not unfamiliar or unskilled in showing hospitality, well, the stranger who is the neighbor. We practice it in our daily lives, each of us, in a variety of ways, in our lives at home, in our lives at work, or otherwise in public. And it's worth identifying and reflecting on those ways. And there are also plenty of ways that we are not as hospitable and our society is not hospitable, ways that we see those who are different as threatening or not worthy of our regard or care as anything but messengers from God. As a church, as a parish, we practice hospitality to strangers, not only through various programs such as Open Table, but also in the way we use our outdoor space. Think of the art <laughs> installation in the front of our property. 
We also invite and welcome others to join us. We do it in the ways we allocate our money, our time, and our other resources. In our worship, we receive the hospitality of God, and that strengthens us and directs us to give to others what we have received. But of course, we don't offer hospitality consistently or continuously. So we also look for ways to do all that we do better and to do more. And so we do, I believe, put ourselves in the position of entertaining angels without knowing it, at least once in a while. And it occurs to me that as we look at how we use the space belonging to this church, we can be open to finding new ways to show, show more hospitality, of offering and using our church grounds and buildings for greater positive engagement with the neighborhood, the city, with those whom we find strange. And I hope we take that opportunity. There's an old Gaelic poem that I'll finish with, which some of you may have heard as a Christmas carol, that reminds us what it means, even in the simplest ways, to open ourselves to the other, the unfamiliar and the unknown. I met a stranger yesterday. I put food in the eating place, drink in the drinking place, music in the listening place, and in the name of the triune, he blessed myself and my house, my cattle and my loved ones, and the lark sang in his song, often, 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 goes Christ in the stranger's guise.